0: Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. This week we'll pull our icebox cake out of the fridge and onto our reviewing counter and introduce a classic Italian semifreddo. Your freezer does most of the work on this one and the payoff is a glorious and glamorous treat. We'll also see what our favorite desserts say about our personalities with an internet quiz that's more silly than serious. But it's summer. Let's get crazy. Put that kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk.
1: Stefan, I have just had another
0: evening with my cookbook club. Oh, I'm so jealous of your cookbook club. You have such a great time, and it looks like you make some amazing things from some amazing books. It was
1: really great this time. This was actually our spring cookbook club, and it was delayed to summer because of some remodeling happening in the bookstore where it's hosted. That's Browser's Books in downtown Olympia, my favorite bookstore. The books this time were from... Orangeette blog author molly weisenberg and so it was a homemade life and delancey and of course you could bring you know any dish from any of those books so we just had some amazing appetizers like the cherry bread salad um Roasted tomatoes Oof. with arugula, a stone fruit arugula salad that was incredible. And then one of my favorites, it's just such a classic, but I forget to do it. It's the radishes with butter and salt that you serve with bread. Oh. uh-huh, <laughs> I love that. uh-huh, that's very French, too. It's very French. I love it so much. We also had some meatballs with yogurt, and there was a salad that was uh, fennel, and it's supposed to be fennel and Asian pear, and interestingly, Mm -hmm. the lady who made it said she couldn't find Asian pear, and the recommended substitute was mushrooms, and so she made it with fennel and mushrooms, and I thought, that's such an interesting recommended substitute. I don't think it's meant to imply that mushrooms taste anything like Asian pears.
0: I think I had a friend who grew Asian pears, and they tasted nothing like a mushroom, so that is very bizarre. Anyway,
1: it turned out really great um there was some cauliflower with salsa verde there was something called a bouchon tuna which was like these little tuna made almost in like mini muffin pans so we just had a fabulous dinner of course there were wonderful desserts the two that i think i will make again were the coconut rice pudding and the brownies they
0: were both wonderful Uh, so it was a great night that sounds like it yeah you guys always have such a great time we do In episode 80, at the end of our June month of Frozen, we were talking uh, with Helen Goh for um, my interview, and she was mentioning how she was making popcorn balls for the upcoming Christmas season, working well ahead of time. And so, of course, now what am I seeing everywhere is popcorn balls. And it's also very interesting that you just said brownies, because this is a recipe for peppermint popcorn mocha brownies. So if you can imagine a peppermint popcorn ball sitting on top a mocha brownie that's what this thing is and oh wow it is from you know i'm still cleaning out my recipes it is yep. from the december 2016 issue of oh the oprah magazine but oh. um, i thought that might tick a couple boxes for you there
1: it it does but yeah. i'm wondering about uh how to get it into my mouth so
0: the, <laughs> the the pop when I, mean, I hear the question we all must ask. Yes.
1: When I hear popcorn ball, I think, you know, sort of tennis ball sized. But I'm yeah, guessing yeah. in this case, they must be smaller if you're putting them atop a brownie.
0: Yeah, it looks more like a garnish in the picture, although a fairly large garnish, let's be honest. Um, you know, I had a recipe for s'mores brownies that I made for a while, and it was kind of that same issue because it had this very billowing toasted marshmallow topping, and it was also You know, you don't think of a brownie as something you want to eat with a knife and a fork, but you're almost getting to that stage because it was so high. Um, that may be an issue with the popcorn brownies. But, yeah, yeah, this is this anyway. is a
1: little problem for me because um, one thing that I learned, I learned this maybe 10 years ago, and ever since then, I've just been fascinated with trying to do it. It's called getting the perfect bite. And I went to a wedding, and I was sitting next to a couple that had just had a baby. And so you know how it is when you're holding a baby or you're feeding a baby. It's like you don't have your hands free. Yes. And so yes. the one person said to the other person, oh, would you just make me a perfect bite? And the people who hosted (laughs) the wedding love Thanksgiving. And so it was a Thanksgiving-type meal. And so I watched him put together this perfectly balanced forkful it had like this tiny piece of turkey this tiny piece of potato this little piece of stuffing this little piece of you know sweet potato it had like five things on the fork and you know it was the perfect bite it was a little bit of everything from the plate and so when I hear about this popcorn ball on top of the brownie I'm like
0: how am I going to get both the popcorn ball and the brownie into my mouth at the same time That perfect bite, I'm going to have a hard time not thinking about that now. I know. Yeah. It's a fun challenge. Mm -hmm. It it sounds like a very mindful way to eat as well, you know, just just making sure you're really tasting everything on your plate at once. So, well, and stay tuned because we'll be talking about brownies, I have a feeling, later on in this show as well.
1: Forward promo. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Before we talk about brownies, let's jump in and review our dessert from last week. That was the strawberry ice cream. Box cake. Gosh, I want to say ice cream cake. Strawberry (laughs) ice box cake from the kitchen. This was from Faith Durand. And it was a very traditional, simple, assembled cake. You take graham crackers, you take some heavy whipping cream, and you make layers of graham cracker, heavy whipping cream, and fresh strawberries. So how did this turn out for you, Stefan?
0: Well, my first issue was that I was unable to find graham crackers. And we had talked about that last episode in episode 82. For all of the biscuits and cookies that this country has, graham crackers are not popular mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So we had talked about me making them, which seemed <laughs> quite ambitious. <laughs> I had no we, I had no problem saying that that was a solution you yeah, should try. Of course. Uh, And then we talked about me going to the American food store and and spending about $15 on them, which seemed a little expensive. So I thought, you know what? I can find a cookie here, a biscuit here that's going to work. So I ended up substituting rich tea biscuits. And I think as far as the layering went, it worked just fine. They were a little thicker and a little firmer than a graham cracker. So I added a little bit extra sugar to my berries and made more of a syrup. Mm. You know, when you're making like a strawberry shortcake, something like that. To make a little more liquid, um, I then I whipped my my cream. I did not end up using the rose water, but it tasted delicious without. And then you're kind of making like a dessert lasagna if you want to think of it that way. <laughs> oh, you I do, which yes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know exactly. Um, you. So you're you're doing the cream and and the, the the biscuits and or the graham crackers and and the berries and um, more whipped cream and then you're finishing it off with some dark chocolate, drizzling it over. Mine stayed in the fridge for, I think she says four hours. I would say mine went a little bit longer because again, my crackers were a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. It was still to me a little dry and I wondered if this might benefit from a custard layer as well. So I'm interested to see how your texture-wise turned out. Mine got better as it got a little older, like it was better on the second day because mm-hmm. it got a little moister, but I was thinking that some nice vanilla custard wouldn't hurt anything and might add to my my pleasure in eating this. How did it work for you?
1: A little bit differently, but of course that's because I made some changes. So yeah. <laughs> When I went to the store to buy Graham Crackers, I was at Trader Joe's. And so, you know, they have all their all their own brands as opposed to, you know, the regular supermarket brands. And I didn't okay. look too closely. I just grabbed the container of Graham Crackers. When I got home to start making this dish, I realized that what I had grabbed was um, cinnamon sugar graham crackers. And oh. loyal listeners might know I'm not a huge fan of cinnamon. So yeah. although she recommends may- making this dish with four layers of graham crackers, I only did two layers because I just okay. didn't want all that cinnamon flavor. And when I tasted them, they they were very cinnamony. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. just really mm-hmm. didn't want that. So I only did two layers. I also cut this dessert in half. It serves 8 to 12. I've mentioned there's only three of us in our family. I just didn't feel it was going to be safe to have this enormous cake sitting in my fridge. And um, it was really funny when I went to make it. You know, it says in a 9-by-13-inch pan. So I started rooting through all of our vintage Pyrex dishes. And I came out with just this perfect size pan. And it even had a lid on it. And I held it up and showed it to my husband. I said oh, what is this called? This is exactly what I need to make this icebox cake. And he started laughing, yeah. and he said, it's called a refrigerator dish. <gasps> it's made for an icebox cake? I don't know that it's made for an icebox cake, but it is made to go in the refrigerator dish, in, in uh, the refrigerator. I think it's kind of a precursor to Tupperware, you know. So, that's perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. So there was just that satisfaction of finding the perfect dish. I really enjoyed that. I only had to use, you know, a little under two cups of heavy cream since I cut it in half. So that meant I only had to buy one container at the grocery store. I I felt good about that. Even though you had told me and reminded me that I had rose water, I completely forgot that I had rose water. (laughs) I did not use the optional rose water. My apologies.
0: But I assume... You know, at this point... At this point, when I come visit you in a few weeks, then you could just give me those back.
1: <laughs> yeah, good point. As long as you put it in your so- suitcase and don't try to it Yeah, I it have to check it. I have to security. check it, yeah. yeah. I can see it now. you getting stopped at security and then being very curious about the massive amount of rose water you're carrying through. Um, So, like I said, I did the two layers of graham crackers, the uh, two layers of heavy cream, and the two layers of strawberries, and I put it in the refrigerator, I would say, right around 1 p.m., and I had my first piece, (laughs) Um, I think, around… Five and it was still pretty crunchy. And then yeah, mm-hmm. I had another piece after dinner, so maybe around 8 or 9 p.m., and it had softened up quite nicely. And then the next day when I tried it, in my mind, it was too soft. Because at that point, okay. like, for me, there's this balance between a soft graham cracker and a soggy graham cracker. And on day right. two, I thought it had moved over into soggy.
0: but Into mush. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that
1: just that didn't grab me. So I do think you do want to go at least... The four hours and I would say kind of a a maximum of eight. I don't know that I would make this and let it sit overnight and then expect to serve it the next day because it it was pretty soft.
0: Okay and I like your point too about having this recipe because I I did have another family over and we all had fairly generous portions and I still had a huge huge amount left mm-hmm. so I think this would take kindly I mean obviously that's what you're saying that it, it can be whittled down if you need it to be and since you are just kind of playing around with with layers of ingredients I think it works nicely in a smaller capacity. Yeah. At the same token you have a huge dish to take to a potluck or something like that where yes. you do need to feed a lot of people it works really well for that. Yeah.
1: And it's a really pretty dessert I also was super excited I still had some leftover ganache from you know way back when I had made it a couple of months ago it's just been sitting in my freezer so I just pulled it out and I took my vegetable peeler and I just shaved it onto the top of the dessert so that was fun to be able to use that and I thought it added um, some pretty color and a nice little bit of chocolate flavor I don't think you need that it's definitely optional I would say
0: Yeah, and you know, I had melted mine down and then just kind of made almost like a magic shell Uh topping on the top of mine. So mine just looked kind of chocolatey all across the top layer. Yeah, Um, yeah. But your your curls were really pretty. That that is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would be more interested to make these when I have the actual graham crackers because I don't think it really translated perfectly with the rich tea biscuits but if there are other listeners outside of the states and you know a substitution i should use instead of graham crackers i am all ears because it's a fun easy to assemble no bake summertime treat and it's a great way to showcase fresh strawberries
1: i i wouldn't want this in you know december with those strawberries you get in the grocery store that time of year
0: that just don't have much flavor so yeah, no because there are so few ingredients you want those strawberries to really sing Mm -hmm. i think yeah Well, up next is another, (laughs) I see what you're doing here, Andrea. (laughs) Our next, (laughs) you keep making me say this word, (laughs) (laughs) semifredo. I'm just, I'm all about like the flourish of saying it. Now, this is a semifreddo with honeyed peaches. It comes from Woman's Day uh, online. And we had, of course, introduced, last month in Frozen Month, we had introduced a semifreddo from uh, Donna Hay, a passion fruit semifreddo, but had not reviewed it because it was at the end of that month. So looking forward to trying this and then talking about it. I also see what you're doing, Andrea, which is that so far, every recipe has included a copious amount of heavy cream. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> now that I know what heavy cream is. That's right. That's right.
0: So Semi is kind of like a frozen um, whipped cream. And in this case, it also has creme fraiche or sour cream. Andrea, is creme fraiche an ingredient you can find in the States?
1: Creme fraiche, I can easily find it. But I also wanted to mention how easy it is to make. You can oh. also think of it as homemade sour cream. And uh, you can do two cups of... Heavy cream with three <laughs> tablespoons of buttermilk, and that will make creme fraiche ah. for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's it's tangy. It is, which is why this mm-hmm. sour cream is the is the substitute. So, looking at this recipe, which is the creme fraiche or sour cream, a little bit of confectioner sugar, uh, eight ounces of heavy cream, uh, some pistachio nuts. That's, I mean, that's it. So it's going to be a bit on the tangy side, I'm thinking. I think
1: so too. And that's what I'm really excited about. I love lime and honey and peaches and mint. I just thought each one of those, and pistachios, like everything there has such a fun and distinct and different flavor i really ran into a problem finding passion fruit here in olympia so i was not able to get my semifreddo fix last month like i had planned so um it's not just to torture you into saying the word i really wanted to make (laughs) a semifreddo Uh so (laughs) that's why i was pulling this one out and i'm just really excited about this different blend of flavors i can't wait to try this
0: yeah, again, it's going to come together really quickly. You're really just whipping that thing, uh, the ingredients together, sticking it in the in the freezer for a bit, and then right at the end, when you're about to serve it, you're going to slice up some peaches and macerate them with some honey and some lime juice to spoon over the top. So it should be really pretty as well. I want to add
1: a little cautionary tale here. If you're buying your pistachios already shelled, make sure you look at your bag before you get home. Uh, my grocery store oh. now is selling shelled, shelled pistachios that have all sorts of flavor add-ins. So they're salt and pepper oh, no. and, you know, uh, hot Honey tamarind. Chewy. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Which is not what we're after here. So take a good look at your shelled pistachios before you get home and realize you might have picked up something that's a little too spicy for this dessert.
0: Mm, Although another one of those kind of wacky flavor combinations. So
1: (laughs) you never know. You never know. Remember, we'll have a link to these recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as on our Pinterest and Facebook group pages.
0: Well, Andrea, it is the middle of the summer and we thought we would just get a little silly and not so serious. We had a great time doing some quizzes in the past on the show. Listeners, you may remember our baking horoscopes in episode 52 for our anniversary and our birthday month and then more recently Andrea you did the candy quiz which was in episode 73 so I found a what does your favorite dessert say about you this comes to us from a site called spoonuniversity.com Andrea have you have you heard of this website no that's a new one to me yeah, so it's it seems to be a college-aged forum for recipes, dining, dorm life, how to survive the college years. And so I think the way that you are going to notice that this comes from a younger generation is some of the language. So just – okay. Just be thanks prepared. for the heads up. It's going to be real hip. It's going to get real hip on Preheated here in just a minute. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so Andrea, um, obviously with these type of things, it's impossible to list every dessert. But here are your choices. Okay. Would you choose – Cookies, cake, cupcake, brownies, pie, ice cream, frozen yogurt, or candy as your favorite dessert. And is this my favorite dessert to make or to eat?
1: To eat. Let's say to eat. Okay. I don't even know why I'm asking for that distinction because my answer doesn't change. (laughs) It's the same.
0: It's the same. And that would be brownies brownies of course i i kind of had this thought okay andrea ballard here you go brownies you live life to the fullest just like your rich dessert choice you appreciate the finer things but you're an indecisive person at heart which is why you like that brownies only come in one flavor rich gooey and chocolatey you're a risk taker and adventure seeker who isn't afraid to test the limits These crazy adventures will take you far because you will get to experience more by the age of 30 than most people experience in their whole lives. Side note is, yes, you think by the age of 30 we can comment on that? Yeah, yeah, there's um, some truth to that. Okay, Mm -hmm, all right. mm -hmm. You're a passionate person who loves new things, so travel the world, learn a new language, and don't forget to taste all of the delicious food the world has to offer.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that one. You know, as... As always, whenever you read someone a list of like ten things that are good about them and one thing that's not, they focus on the one that's not.
0: What's not good? Wait, what's not good here? Oh, you're and you're not indecisive. I don't no. like
1: that word indecisive. I often have pointed out that one of the things that drives me nuts in politics is when people criticize someone for waffling because I always say that means you're open minded. You thought one thing last week and now
0: this week you think something else. Oh. <laughs> doesn't mean you're indecisive. They may also be brownie lovers. We, we have no way of knowing. Um, I think we've heard these things about you before, though, right? Like you appreciate yes. the finer things. Mm-hmm. Weren't you drinking your red wine? And um, you love to travel. And I don't know if I'd call your adventures crazy, but you've certainly, you know, you've, you've traveled and you, you're going on your bike trip and you're, you know, you're seeing the world and all these two things. So I yeah. like it. I like you and brownies. Yeah. There certainly
1: are people who thought my 100-mile bike ride I did a couple of weeks ago was crazy. I mean, I I thought it was okay. But um, what is your favorite out of that list? I can't wait to hear which one you picked.
0: Okay. I also love brownies. um, But I'm going to go with pie. Okay. I I love, love, love pie. Mm -hmm. To eat and to make. Mm -hmm. Again, that distinction. So here we go. (laughs) Pie. You're traditional in most everything you do. You believe that nothing is better than your grandma's pies. And there's no argument from us. You stick to your roots and are reluctant to ever make drastic changes in your life because why fix what's broken, right? As a a homebody, you enjoy quiet evenings at home, snuggling with your pet and a slice of pie or two. You probably have Pinterest boards filled with homemade recipes and DIY crafts because you're so ready to have your own place to decorate and actually cook in, aka having more than microwave capability. (laughs) Who knows? You could be the next Martha Stewart or Alton Brown. Oh now, my gosh! Um, I think I'm going to say this makes me a little sad. This sounds a little boring, and <laughs> and then listen to this. So it says, "Who are you compatible with?" Now, who? So, um, if you are a pie person, you're most compatible with a cookie, with people who love cookies. Okay. Because. Because they bring a crunch to your otherwise soft and mushy life. What? (laughs) No, that's just, Uh, that's not right. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. I don't like this Who am I most compatible um, with? So you as a brownie lover are most compatible with ice cream because they bring a new energy to mix in to your life. Oh, that's interesting. My husband does Mm -hmm. like ice cream, so that's Mm -hmm. good to know. Well, is he a go-getter who can't stop, won't stop? I would say yes, <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, I think you're right,
0: <laughs> all right, well, there you go, yeah, energetic, enthusiastic, everyone's supportive friend that's yeah, actually there you yeah, go, yeah, yeah, um, however, here's this part. Has he always wanted scientists to release cloning technology to the general public so he can finally live life without fomo oh the oh. Uh- I just have so much uh-huh. to say about this. We're going to have to save that <laughs> for
1: another, maybe one episode we'll have the husbands on because my biggest joke in my family is about how he has FOMO, which, of course, for those of you who don't know, is fear of missing out. And I have mm-hmm. JOMO, which is joy of missing out. And so... <laughs> oh,
0: we'll see, you are the brownie and the ice cream of the dessert world. That is hilarious. Well, listeners, if you want to see what of these other funny and not very serious things say about your favorite i will post a link to that spoon university um very important dessert quiz for a for a long summer's day so pretty funny
1: yeah well you know as they say baking is a science so we like to continue to bring the science to all of our listeners so i hope you guys enjoy that
0: Well, you were just talking about the parts of the wheat bran. So, I mean, you know, we've already had had so much science. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been some fake news there. I don't think I was very <laughs> accurate on that.
1: Well, the timer's buzzed and we've got to get this episode onto the cooling rack. We'll be back next week with a review of our semifreddo. Will this Italian treat have us living la dolce vita? We'll also introduce a no-bake almond butter thumbprint cookie that uses a special crunchy ingredient I hope Stefan can find in England, fingers crossed. And we'll talk about some of the best cookbooks for kids if you've got a budding junior baker looking for some summer projects. Remember you can find us and our featured recipes on our website preheatedpodcast.com and on Facebook. Pinterest, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like our show, please do tell a friend. That is the best way for other people to find us. And if you have some time, consider going and ranking and reviewing our show wherever you download our podcast on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of those mediums. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams. is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.